Fire Up are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. It's just rubbing salt into the worm. You can see the head crash there. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Depth steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they... Yes, welcome. Chris Gale, welcome to the, the ever-popular, globally-nominated, award-winning show, Fire Up. We've been running for how many years now? Since 2004, I think? There's some controversy about that, whether it started in 2004 or 2005. If I was involved in the show at that time, I would have remembered because 2005 was such an iconic year in rugby league history, Stephen. Uh, why? West Tigers won the premiership. I see. Then that's how you mark your life, I suppose. You plot your life versus uh, West Tigers or... I actually, yeah, I mean, I look at uh, recorded history during my lifetime as uh, BP and AP, before premiership, yep. after premiership. Yep. Are we getting enough respect, Chris? Are you and I getting enough yes, respect? Yes, as this team fire up? No. I, I think people are still ripping us off, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I would argue we're being ripped off left, right and centre, Stephen. I have not seen the expression fired up used so much and so prolifically as it is in the current era. Yes. We could be forgiven for being cynical, Chris, and perhaps uh, not the most positive people in the world because uh, I've noticed that positivity is a, is a leading, a leading use, usage in brand application these days. People are craving positivity, Stephen, and we're not giving it to them. We're, no, we're not. uniformly negative. We're tearing down. We're carping. Yeah, yeah, we're critiquing. Yeah, yeah. Piss-taking too much. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're unhappy. We're negative people, yeah. Stephen. And you know who else has noticed this? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Billy Slater. Ah. King Billy Slater. Now, in the Royal Court of the Cane Toads, King Billy rules all at the moment. Well, it appears that way because he's the front man. He's got a couple of people behind him, we've noticed as well, hasn't he? Jonathan Thurston and Cameron Smith. They're a triumphant that are hard to beat. And we are entering into the territory of tomorrow night's State of Origin 2, the, the real decider, uh, given that Queensland have won one already. Uh, but there's some funny business going on up north, Chris. We always knew above the border there was, like, you know, the, the banana benders, etc. the bit tropo, you know, the deep north, something weird going on, and it's getting weirder and weirder. And we thought Freddie Fittler was weird. It is interesting, isn't it, in Australia, I guess, being in the Southern Hemisphere, we are the inverse of the Deep South. So, like, if you're filming Deliverance 
Yeah. In Australia, you're filming it in Queensland, not in Victoria or Tasmania, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're very accepting of strange behaviour up that way. Behaviour that doesn't make any logical sense, let's face it. You're flying up there to, this evening. Are you somewhat trepidatious about heading into... Oh, of course. The plane starts to wobble around about Byron Bay, <laughs> you know. And that's where the wellness gurus come into play. 1973, the Aquarius Festival in Nimbin. I was there. <laughs> I was a young lad and we pestered my mate's dad to drive us up to watch the hippies at play. Uh, that was an To eye-opening. watch or participate? Well, no, well, we didn't have our own tent. We, did, we didn't drive, so we really were voyeurs, you know, and we could see open dope smoking, you know, open topless women uh, and various chanting and singing, you know, the orange people, the, uh, the, the you know, the, the various religious sects were all represented there as well as out-and-out dropouts from the city. Well, I'm a big Senyasin guy, aka the orange people. I used to go to their disco at uh, Dixon Street in the city. Right. And did you just go to Hair the Musical as well? I mean, you were the full package? Uh, I have seen one Hair the Musical, but it wasn't the original one with uh, Marsha Hines, I think, was it? It's before my time, Stephen. Time, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, what I can confirm is when I was in year four <laughs> yes. and Mrs. Farrington went on leave, we had Miss Mackenzie Ross as the substitute teacher. Right. Blonde, beehive, uh, patent leather white boots. Yes. And at the school concert, yeah. we actually did um, a live performance of the radio play Rinse the Blood Off My Toga. Really? Uh, which is a humorous take on the Julius Caesar Which school play. are we talking about? That's very progressive. Cutter Primary. A couple of, Primary. But she was a progressive woman. Okay. And uh, so we did that uh, radio play, but in the middle of it, we did a musical number, which was The Age of Aquarius. Yes, yes. So I have um, seen 10 a- years old getting down, you know? Yes, yes. I have seen a version with my mate Terry Serio getting naked, and I thought, oh, my God, don't come near me, Terry. Not now, please. <laughs> but that, that, was, that was me... Really showing my true colours, not as progressive as I thought I really was you right, know, yeah. at that time. Uh, but, you know, Nimmin kicked off that sort of, I guess, coalescence of self-help, meditation, TM, uh, you know, obviously um, psilocybin and LSD usage, etc. It all spun out from there and somehow the Queenslanders got it all wrong. And now, of course, Billy Slater, King Billy, is utilising some of the techniques I believe that probably Freddie utilised many years ago and stunned the world. So what Billy's done is come and he's elevated it. I mean, you mentioned TM. It's not unusual, I think, it's at Queen Street Mall to see uh, Queenslanders actually levitating down, down, down the mall these days because this stuff is prolific, to use that word yet again, Stephen. Yes. And we know that Billy uh, looks with huge envy back at the times that you're talking about where all this stuff really originated. A New South Wales invention, Chris. Yeah, well, yeah that's Aided. right. Yeah, imported that culture. And like um, he said, if it was one thing I wish I could have been involved in yeah. that I won't be able to be involved in because of history and that's the electric Kool-Aid acid test. He would have loved yes, to have been part yes, of that. Yes, yes, that's right. Dare you take a sip, Chris. <laughs> but what we've seen now is not just one source of uh, new age wellness, uh, mindfulness, meditation techniques, but two. And they come from, it's very global. One is African, one is Indian. And uh, by various uh, methods, we'll talk through the process. Let's go through the first one, the African and the Zulu chant, Chris. Have you heard about this Zulu chant? I've remember the movie with Michael Caine that was scared me I mean obviously I was like you know the way it was patented it was it was I think about a British story made by Americans so of course you know who the good guys and the bad guys are the Zulus are going to be the scary guys right that's right outnumbering the poor white guys with guns I think we call it cultural revisionism now wouldn't (laughs) we and uh, they were simpler times Stephen and they were probably not as good as, as they are now but that would that would be sort of like the 
um, mainstream consciousness of Australia is earlier, but it's obviously a lot more nuanced than that. And uh, there's no way that Billy would have been taking a simplistic approach. I don't here. think he saw the film. No. No, and I don't think he knows In much. fact, he was offered the opportunity and said, I'm not watching this. Yeah, and Zulu Culture, well, let's, let's find out more. It says, the Queensland spirit is often spoken about, but has always been hard to find in hushed tones often, Chris, <laughs> or shouted out drunkenly outside the Caxton. <laughs> this year, the Maroons... Now, did you know it's pronounced differently around the world? We say Maroon, they say Maroon. The Queenslanders say Maroon, do they? No, the rest of the world do. Oh, the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, I do know, first of all, we've got uh, Triple M commentator Anthony Maroon joining us on this very podcast next week, and we'll have to ask him about Fantastic. this. Fantastic, okay. Because he's definitely Anthony Maroon, not Maroon. Right. But certainly in the United States, if I go back to that rich history of Warner Brothers cartoons, cartoons you'll often hear, oh, he's such a Maroon. <laughs> you Maroon, which is yeah. sort of like a bit of a schlemiel. A Our schmuck. education was great, Chris. Mm. This year, the Maroons, the Maroons, have gone global in their search for a way to explain what it means to represent their state in rugby league's toughest arena, with Billy Slater's men adopting the African word Ubuntu. Can you say that, Chris? <laughs> Ubuntu. Ubuntu, as a team mantra. Yeah, it's just our team, I guess, motto that we started before game one, says Valentine Holmes recently. We all bought into it. We'll even say it out on the field. If, there's a, if there are good speakers out there during training, you'd be able to hear us say it. Ubuntu is a Zulu word that roughly translates to I am because we are. Now, that could be a good T-shirt, Chris. Um, Ubuntu comes out better, though, I think. Yeah, I'm just thinking of that I am, we are, all Australian. Yeah. We can <laughs> We've heard of, that before, If we, we can adapt that to Ubuntu, we, we've got a, a hit on our hands, right, I think. Right, right. So Qantas could be a big hit in, in, in Lower Africa. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, they're always looking for new markets, That's Stephen. Right. But, I mean, this is interesting, isn't it? Because I guess Billy and, you know, that triumvirate with Thurston and Smith behind him, mm-hmm. They didn't want to come and do it all the same, did they? They wanted to put a fresh lick of paint on things. And, I mean, they've had a look at what was used to be the embodiment of the Queensland spirit. Hello, Billy Moore, Queenslander. Yes, yes. And they've updated it to Ubuntu. Ubuntu, yes, right. It says here it's, it's about... not cultural appropriation, is it, by any chance? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you the pathway with, that, that came to Billy with this whole idea. It's about the collective being more important than the individual. Hello, it's a team sport. That's bleedingly obvious. <laughs> well, first of all, that's communism. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm already yeah. concerned about what's going on north of the border. Totally. Uh, well, red, Chris, <laughs> under the bed. Exactly. Maroon. It's all about team first. <laughs> I am because we are. What we do for each other's most important is Reuben Cotter. So they're all buying into it. Uh, it means having your brothers back. Oh, surprise, surprise. It it means a lot to us, boys. We all want to be Ubuntu these next couple of weeks. Maroons forward, Big Tino explained. You can just imagine them taking it on, can't you? And trying, are we really going to do this? Just at the breakfast buffet and, you know, the, the South Bank Mantra or wherever they're staying. Yeah, one, two, three, boys. <laughs> Ubuntu. <laughs> Ubuntu, uh, Xavier. Are they going to wear African garb, Chris? That's the line. Right? <laughs> Ubuntu, Axe, Zach Skillmeister will want us. Yes, yeah. I don't know they'll, they'll go that far. That far, I, right. I, I, I wouldn't think so. Right. Ubuntu first came to prominence in a sporting context, which you'll understand, Chris, after the Boston Celtics won the 2008 NBA Championship. The team coached by... Doc Rivers at yeah. that time in 2008. They defeated the Los Angeles Lakers. But uh, right. So you're saying Ubuntu is... You said it was Zulu or is it, is it Irish? Uh, no, exactly. The Boston the Boston Irish picked it up somehow uh, through a, and brought a drought-breaking title for the storied basketball, storied basketball franchise. Billy Slater showed the team a documentary. He saw a documentary, Chris. I guess that's what Fox tells us to be, to be blamed there. He's educated. In fact, the Boston Celtics won 11 out of th- uh, titles in 13 years from the late 50s, hello, Stephen, to the late 60s. They mm. sort of basically mirrored a, a storied rugby league franchise that has the sort St. George of Dragons. gone the way the of the Dragons. dinosaur. We might explore that a little right. bit later. But that was, that was the peak time for the Celtics, led by the great Bill Russell, yes. Right. There was a documentary uh, about uh, Rivers' coaching style called The Playbook before the series opener this year where the veteran NBA mentor explains how Ubuntu... 
galvanised the Celtics to achieve victory through personal sacrifice. Quote, it's selflessness really in a nutshell, says Lindsay Collins, who'd know better than anybody. Well, well, he took the catch. (laughs) And that's the difference between you and Billy Slater because Billy watches a documentary on Fox called The Playbook, whereas you were telling me you were watching The Playboy documentary. Yeah, The Playboy documentary, that's right, yeah. (laughs) Disgraceful stuff, Chris, but that would inspire you to win a competition. (laughs) Doc Rivers is interesting because I I don't know whether this should be pointed out to Billy on the potential of a decider in Queensland's favour tomorrow, but... Doc Rivers has just been fired by the Philadelphia 76ers, having okay. been fired by the Los Angeles Clippers, having been fired by okay. the Boston Celtics. Okay. <laughs> and he's lost more Game 7 deciders yeah. in NBA playoff history than any other coach. Do you think Billy took note of that? None. None, none no, whatsoever. No. <laughs> and this is the trouble when you're a Bowerbird, Stephen. Yeah, you yeah. just you, you cherry pick and you don't necessarily understand the depth of what you're doing. Right. Well, uh Cotter said, uh, yeah, bloody oath, Billy is big on driving it. Uh, <laughs> Ubuntu is more than just sacrificing for your team. You're putting your body on the line for your state. He explained, Origin Football, that's what it's about. You represent everyone in Queensland. Pity if you just live across the border. Well, not all, of course, Queensland players have come from Queensland, have they? That's true. We know that for a fact. <laughs> you represent everyone in Queensland, and then it trickles down. It starts with the fans, family, friends. Then your teammates. So, you know, what if I've just moved across the border? Do I lose Ubuntu? You you think about great moments in history. Yeah. Like with the establishment of the Berlin Wall and which side of the, were you over there, ended up in West or East Germany. You think about the 51st parallel that was in such dispute in North Korea. And there is a, there is a bridge there, Stephen, and there's a, essentially a creek along the 51st parallel where all the peace talks were held mm. and the local villagers were given the choice. Mm. Are you going to go to the north or the south? Or the south? Yeah. And it was called the Bridge of No right. Return. Yeah. What happens if you're b- born in the Twin Cities, like you know, the Tweed's Noosa Heads or what? No, Tweed yeah. Heads Noosa. Yeah, yeah, or not, yeah. Not Tweed Heads Noosa. What is it? Mwilum, what, what is that you know, on the border? Call and Tweed Heads. That's it. Yeah, Call and yeah, yeah. Tweed Heads. Uh, where, exactly. Prince, where Prince was living. Where are you, they were Twin Towns, weren't they? St. Paul and something else? Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's right. I mean, it's by dint of if your parents geography where they settle and build a house say you were born in for argument's sake say around about 1995 or something Mm. like that and your parents said you know what we're actually just going to go down the road and you end up in New South Wales and then the rest of your life has just become a misery comparatively is it meaningful our border's meaningful Chris I mean look at Ukraine Russia hey they're fighting over it Belarus come on Um, (laughs) it's a serious business who actually drew the borders out of interest that's a good question. We're going to look it up and tell you next week. Because that is... would be the most significant person in the history of rugby league is the person who actually etched out the Queensland-New South Wales border, mm. I would have thought. But wait, Chris, there's more. No, seriously. Billy not. Thorpe is pan-global. He's gone not just for one source, but two sources of inspirational stories, very different stories. But it does amount to selflessness, I think, as a bottom line. And by Billy Thorpe, you mean Billy Slater, of Did course. I say Billy Thorpe? <laughs> Most people you know Most do think you're crazy. People I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the Aztecs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what gave him the right? <laughs> I mean, he's playing at Surf City up at yeah. the King's Cross, <laughs> and suddenly it's the Aztecs. He's, oh, like no. he's channeling Mayan yeah, culture yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, I think Billy Slater has learned from the greats. He's yeah, actually we... looked at the great Billies in history. Yeah, yeah, Billy Slater, done. Billy right. Thorpe and maybe Billy Connolly as well. Well, that does come into play right now in this story. You'd be pleased to know that that, that it, the headline was the schoolboy inspiring Queensland origin cab. But it's not just a schoolboy. It was an Indian Buddhist schoolboy right. that a local school teacher decided to go and forsake hot water, running water, toilets, the whole bit, to teach these kiddies the jokes of Billy Connolly. <laughs> What a beautiful mission. Because his jokes weren't very funny, right? <laughs> I watched him last night. It was in Australian story. Let me tell you this. He's a man who runs a thing called The Resilience Project and a podcast called The Imperfects. Right. Well, it's interesting you mentioned this podcast because I it, tell us a little bit about that because I think I know okay. something about this. Uh, writer and podcast and performer, Hugh Van 
Kreilenberg uh, has now amassed thousands of followers, Chris, and I didn't even notice it. I must have missed that one because what he's preaching uh, doesn't seem that tantalising to me. I could be wrong, but this little boy that he met, this little Indian boy, this little Buddhist boy had nothing. Right. And he would say, sir, 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 this, when he'd look at a pair of shoes because, like, this, this is great. He's grateful for that. So starting from anything from the bottom up is grateful. A bowl of rice every day, this, boss, this. So that cry of this has now been leaked through the processes of this, uh, I guess, podcast and I guess the, 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 the performances uh, of the Resilience Project uh, that comes about through, you know, pain, suffering and loneliness and neglect and potentially abuse of some nature at all. So he's made this into a show and a podcast and very successful, very funny people like Hamish Blake. God, I laugh when I see Hamish Blake. I can't stop laughing. Can't stop laughing. I mean, I mean one thing I will say is Andy Lee actually makes Hamish Blake look funny. Look funny. Uh, uh, but Or sound funny, but... Okay, so the, I actually co- copped this on Australian Story yeah. as well, and I, I looked a little bit into the history of the Resilience Project, which is 14 years old. You'd think you'd be pretty bloody resilient by now, wouldn't you? Yeah. But this podcast, The Imperfects, has really captured Billy Slater's attention, right. and he's, he's brought this concept of dis into the Queensland. Should we just listen to an excerpt yeah. from The Imperfects Let's, podcast? It's real. Yeah. Yeah, they have got a bit of energy about them, and um, yeah, really good feel around the camp. Um, you know, those three guys have all played for Queensland before. They all understand um, you know, what it's like to play for Queensland. Um, and they've all learnt their opportunity as well. They're, they're playing some really good football. Mo has, has played great football for um, the, the whole year. So, sorry. Does that make sense to you? No, that's the Billy Slater podcast. That's the other podcast that he really enjoys his own work. Right. This is the Imperfects. Ah. The Imperfects invites you into a very safe place. A place where we share without judgment and drink heaps and heaps of vulnerability. Grab yourself a cup. This is the Vulnerability House. Is that what Do you understand English? <laughs> That is when you arrive at, and I know eventually... This is the Kool-Aid stuff, right? And I know eventually Billy wants to have an origin camp without walls, Stephen. Yes, he does. But when you arrive at the compound at Maroochydore or wherever it currently is, I don't know, Sanctuary Cove, (laughs) that message has been appropriated from the Imperfects podcast and the Queenslanders know that they're going into a safe space where they're bonded by Ubuntu and at the appropriate time... And they shout dis... To, for the gratitude of being a maroon yeah. or a maroon yeah. or whatever you choose to call them <laughs> and the fact that they're going to towel up New South Wales allegedly tomorrow night at Origin 2. And that's on loop 24 hours, right? <laughs> so they're going to come out friggin' angry. You know what I'm saying? If I'd heard that all day long, I'd be pissed off. Uh, I'll do that. So this Van Kuhlenberg, now he does, uh, you know, comedy shows, so to speak. That's right. Yeah. Uh, full of vulnerability. Well, look. Imp- I, imperfection. Who... who it's great to see celebrities acknowledging that, like you and me, yeah. who aren't celebrities, they have their imperfections. They've got their lumps and their bumps, and yeah. they're working on being better versions of themselves, Stephen. And I really also aspire to be a better version of myself. Mm. And mm. I want to share my journey. So I'm going to announce here today, today. I'm doing a Uh-oh. 26-part podcast yes. <laughs> about my knee replacements. And your, and your new valve in your heart. <laughs> well, Let's no, not forget that, that. Hang on, hang on. That's season two. Season two. <laughs> 24 episodes again, is it? Fantastic. And wait, 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 wait till you get my, my, my uh, complicated journey with my prostate. 
State. That'll be that'll be just a one-off. We forgot to mention one-shot special. The schoolboy's name is Stunzen. Yeah, love Stunzen. Great kid. So listen carefully if you can hear through the crowd up in Queensland on on the television Ubuntu or Dis, and you'll know what they're up to. And, and have a look in the box because Van Kylenberg will be there in the maroon jersey as part of the inner sanctum. Right. The other thing that Stunzen was uh, often grateful for and saying, "Look at this," was when he's playing cricket, he yes. would dance at the he same time, Bollywood style. Which, if I'm not um, wrong would generally cause the umpire to say, hey, listen, can you just stay yeah, still yeah, there? Yeah, You're yeah, at yeah. first slip. You got- so we're expecting Ben Hunt to do a little dance, are we? <laughs> well, he's got to be grateful for something, got to be grateful for something. I don't know. Am I grateful for the I'm dish? I think that the love is sort of watering away at the moment for, for Ben in some circles. But, but how, Billy's a genius. He's out fretting Freddie. Like, Freddie looks well, like he's, right. he's yesterday's news. Remember when Freddie, I think, 2018 started the walking in the, in the park with the your bare thing. feet, feeling the earth, uh, putting blindfolds on, meditation on the grass, all that sort of stuff. Which everybody went, that, that, is he ridiculous? This is supposed to be about mate versus mate, hate versus hate, state versus state. So the evil axis that is Queensland, that they've taken the concept that we know works, which yeah. is Coast Whispering, yeah. and they've appointed Van Kylenberg, yeah. and they've added it to the New Age philosophies uh, which are reflected through the um, sourcing, let's yeah. not say appropriation, from cultures such as Buddhism and from the Zulus. Yes, and yes. what a heady cocktail it is, Stephen. And you somehow through your audio subliminal messaging will need to try and disrupt that uh, uh, Origin Series winning performance tomorrow night if you can. Because I've got a song by another African from another tribe who hates the Ubuntu mob of Zulus. So you watch. You'll hear it, you'll know it, you know it's going to disrupt the whole game. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Back in a second, fire up. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Fire. Clear. Are you suggesting, Chris, as the DJ for the game for State of Origin, that I should play a track by Bond the Bass called Beat This about a little Indian kitty, a little Buddhist kitty, that I, that I should put down? No, you're not putting down the, the, oh, the child. Okay. You're just challenging the uh, concept. If, if Queensland have this, yes. then New South Wales needs to beat this. Beat this, yeah, I see. So it's, it's a competition. Yeah, well, that is the glory of sports, Stephen. It's... Two opposing tribes, if you will, aspiring for the same end goal. Yes, and you know in that competitive nature of television to, uh, I guess, for sports to be uh, included in the reports. I, mean, I saw the ABC, might have been last night, and cricket, of course, number one. Yes. You know, the Ashes, number one, right across how we're doing, the big chance we've got, etc., etc. the weather, you know. And then it went to, <laughs> I think, AFL uh, women. Yes. And I thought, okay, all right, surely, um, surely State of Origin's got to come up pretty soon. No. It's the ABC, Stephen. No, no. The last story... 
Ben Hunt. <laughs> Bad news for the Dragons. Ben Hunt. We all know our nation's broadcaster is just now shameless tabloid <laughs> broadcaster. Now, and this this is we often talk about the soap opera. This is the, the this Ben is, Hunt is the greatest soap opera in, this, rugby, in not in rugby league everywhere. It, and, 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 and I need to acknowledge because I made the mistake a couple of weeks ago of suggesting it was David Riccio who described St George Illawarra's no, no, week no. as an Italian tragedy. Yes. It was of course Matthew Johns. Yeah. And this is a tragedy of operatic proportions. proportions yes, yes, I don't think the Italians ha- had anything on this. If Pavarotti was still alive, yes, yes, he yes. would be interpreting Ben Hunt's life in song right now. Yes. Oh, I want to cry right now, Chris. But listen, he's, he's had enough. Ben Hunt or Pavarotti? Well, apparently he's had enough Ben Hunt. You know, Ben Hunt, of course, who was one of the highest paid players for many, many years, didn't really deliver, to be honest. You know, And then finally, in the last couple of years, you know, when it's getting really tough, he's delivering. So he really is pulling pulling his all, but he's had enough. And he makes an announcement that somehow gets leaked to the media whilst he's locked down so no one can get to him in Origin Camp. Is that a, is that a, is that a hero or a coward's way out? So one thing it does prove is that the Origin Camp is not without walls yet, right? Because, no, it, it, because it was, leaked. But let's face it, yeah. you, I sense a hint of criticism in your voice about yeah. Ben exploiting that situation by letting this information out in that context but you heard before Mm. this is a safe space Stephen and Ben felt safe Mm. and he felt loved and cared for and he thought if I'm going to dump on the entire St George Illawarra organization the players the fan base the coaches and the cognoscenti I may as well do it from a safe space yes well I can only tell you one well many things Chris about one subject is the is the fall of the mighty dragons uh probably started with super league war wow (laughs) then the merger Okay, then we get done by Melbourne in 1999. It, got, it only got better one year. Anthony Mundine dropped the ball over the line. Don't blame Anthony Mundine. That, I'm not blaming Anthony Mundine. I'm just channeling the 1999 grand final, Jam- Stephen. Jamie Ainsco penalty by Hollywood Bill Harrigan. And uh, I was there. <laughs> you were there. And I couldn't cope. Can, can you get that image of the brick with eyes doing, doing, a cartwheel doing to celebrate. the black lock mocking cartwheel? If I cartwheel. saw him in the street now, I'd lay one on him. <laughs> I would. How big is he? <laughs> no, but and that's been, for his politics, not for his football. But then recently, of course, you know, St George Illawarra have weathered the storm. There has been Paul Vaughan during COVID going out for coffee, flouting the laws without a, a mask or anything, and he was told not to go. Thought that was funny. Then there was the Paul Vaughan barbecue which wasn't supposed to happen at the at, that, against the advice of Hook, the coach at the time. That was and then, funny. And then, of course, there was the you know who was who was running away from the cops in the middle of the night up the street from that party. Well, Duffy was the one who did the five kilometre sprint home, and as He's we said, that, Duffy. Well, he broke his own personal record because <laughs> right, he had right. the GPS on. Right, and I think somebody was caught sleeping under, or not pretending to sleep under a bed, uh, so the I cops think, couldn't. I think it might have been Debellum might have been hiding under. The and bed. then there's Debellum being out for two years for you know sexual charges, which he cle- were cleared eventually. Well, let's let's be strict. Uh, one was uh, charged was he was acquitted, and the others were not proven. Exactly. Um, but trouble. By the way, yeah. I mean, if you are looking for tactical acumen in a player and they go, I'm under pressure, I know a good hiding space. <laughs> Popular culture suggests that under the bed is not the not best the, choice. It's the first place every five-year-old would walk. <laughs> exactly. And then the cupboard. <laughs> if he jumped in the pool and held his breath, that might have worked. There was some chance, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, they boycotted their own awards. I think three players turned up at the award night. Well, I mean, they saw the entertainment, Stephen. It was, it was again, it was one of those ventriloquists. Billy Thorpe? Yeah. <laughs> No, a Billy Thorpe tribute band. Tribute band, right? <laughs> that was what really. Those people. <laughs> and then, and then it wasn't even a buffet; it was yeah. just like the fish or chicken. Yeah, uh, and then there were the two players that were taking the piss out of Hook on the Matty John show. Well, Blake Laurie and Zach Lomax, who actually made a comeback on the Matty John show this weekend, which was very ironic because the Hunt news had just broken, and of course they had to be very stum about it all and say, "Look, we love the kid; we hope he still plays for us." But 
Uh, Laurie and Lomax argued that that was all done out of affection for Hook. Yes, right. Mm. Yes. Anyway, and then, of course, uh, there's Matty John Stilling, I guess. Yes. Donnie Walker. Yes. Yeah, anyway, we move on. Uh, and then there was um, um, Hook's... <laughs> we had an Instagram page, didn't he? And it was, it was proving to be problematic, as they say, in the modern world, modern pilots. This is all uh, conjecture, Stephen, but maybe a relative of his was responsible for the operation of his socials, which potentially might have indicated things like clicking a like on mm-hmm. maybe something like a pro-Trump okay. position. I'm assuming... I'm not, I'm not alleging anything there, hopefully. you're saying his daughter was behind it? Well, I'm not saying Or that. he was. There was just conjecture, They're Stephen. both Queenslanders, aren't they, Chris? It was just <laughs> conjecture, but there was a... Just a general sense that Hook, if you said, did he dress to the right or the left, he probably dressed to the right. Lean to the right. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the incident where Junior Ramon just took offence at uh, something a tradie said and chased him across the rooftops with a yet hammer. A, yet again, allegedly, allegedly. Stephen. I know Mary Constantopoulos was on this show last week talking about the toxic, well, I shouldn't use the yes, word toxic, yes. but the broken culture at St. George Illawarra. So much of this is alleged, Stephen. Yes, and can I say, finally, we've broken the drought that the Queensland experiment at St. George Illawarra is done. No McCulloch, no <laughs> Maguire, no Hook, potentially no Hunt. Though the Dragons are digging in and saying, no, you cannot be released. Uh, Braith Anastas said in relation to Ryan Carr Currents and George Illawarra CEO, is he delusional? <laughs> and I mean, let's face it, you've been offered a very pretty booty to uh, release Ben early. I believe 150k has been offered by Ben. I will pay you to not play for you going right. forward. And then relinquish the rest of the contract's value, I suppose. And, and, and yes, but the... But this comes on top of getting a new coach and the new coach bumping into him in the local coffee shop, assuring him he has a position that he wants. We're going to build a future here. Well, and, and, and I've got a little bit of intel from that particular meeting, Stephen, but I, I, I'm excited to say that the whole fire-up posse is heading down to Wynn Stadium this Friday to see St. George Illawarra take on the Warriors. And it's been made clear whether he's playing or not, there's an expectation that Ben turns up to the game. Yeah. And I believe if he doesn't take the field, he will be actually sitting in the Gordon Tallis Memorial Naughty Corner. The Naughty Corner. And yeah. think about what you're doing, yeah. Ben. And free tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, in fact, yeah. there will be... Full uh, house. Before the game, yeah. he'll be in stocks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then at halftime, there'll be a draw and it'll yeah. be one of those things, you know, you sit above the water yep. and if you hit the target, bang, yeah. bang, bang down into goes. the water. And that'll be good because he'll be all red, not just a red V, right? <laughs> Um, the soap opera continues. We'll be back in a minute. But no, can I tell you about right. the coffee shop? Okay. I must tell you about the coffee shop. Tell me. So Shane Flanagan has been confirmed. We were breaking that news this time last week as the new St. George Illawarra coach. Yeah. And somehow it was in the media, again, somehow, that he'd spoken to Ben and yeah. said, not only are you my captain, oh, yeah. you are definitely my number seven. You're my halfback. Not the right? number nine. Not the number nine. Mm. However... Unfortunately, at the coffee shop where they inadvertently bumped into each other, apparently, Shane ordered the number nine sandwich off the board. Yes. Uh, He said, two large coffees, that's $9, isn't it? Oh, no. He said, Ben, I'm looking forward to watching you play Origin next week on Channel 9. He's a nine man. Yeah, and he then went on to say, oh, and I'm purchasing a house and my real estate agent is LJ Hooker. And Ben read the writing on the wall, Scarpa, did he? And uh, we'll look forward to welcoming him at the West Tigers next week. Done. There was an old coach called Shane O'Flanagan No one thought he'd coach in the NRL again Next year he'll coach the St. George Illawarra Dragon Men Dear old Shane O'Flanagan's come back again 
his head coaching started at Cronulla in 2010 But he got suspended cause of dodgy supplements He wasn't supposed to communicate with any of the players then But in 2014 Flanagan came back again Got upset by some referee shenanigans He said he didn't want to be fined ten grand again Then he calmly ranted about Ashley Klein again Poor old Shane O'Flanagan fined thirty grand In 2016 they won the premiership But two years later he was deregistered again Cause when he was suspended he was legally communicating Poor old Shane O'Flanagan stood down again He started doing commentary on Fox Sports But then he always sounds miserable So maybe that's not for him The NRL said they might let him coach again Dear old Shane O'Flanagan might coach again George Illawarra are a messed up cataclysm Ain't nobody wants to wind up coaching them Jason Riles get down to get away from them But dear old Shane O'Flanagan's come back again That's it, taking the mickey out of St George has got to finish Yes, uh, Chris, I dread to ask, has there been any listener feedback to fire up? Well, as you just heard, Stephen, that's the union sting. We've got another rugby union quote from one of our listeners, Emma Dominey, who's actually been on this show at one stage. And we remember last week the weird talking about optionality and perpetuity from the new Rugby Australia CEO, Phil War. Yes. This quote comes from Mark Ellis, who's about improving... The Highlanders game day experience, Stephen. Now, you don't know this story, mm. but there were about 12 pitch invaders at a Highlanders game this year. That sounds like an improvement. All of whom were clothed. Oh, that's not. And what Mark Ellison says on my watch, the first thing I can assure you that will be stamped out is anyone who streaks with clothes on. Yes. Now, we would support that sentiment, but we know it's rugby union. They won't deliver. No. They never deliver. No, no. Well, we all remember Waddy. Yeah. Dear Waddy, that was a state of origin, wasn't it? Is there, is there any truth to the rumour that you've had a look at the seating allocation on your plane? Mm. <laughs> yes. And next to you yes. is Mr W. Homewood? Yes. Did he get a life ban or not? I don't know. But he's trying to sneak in, you're saying? Well, only in New South Wales, yeah. not in free-thinking sort of hippie-like Queensland where you let your freak flag fly, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. No, I, he likes to walk, Chris. I think he started three weeks ago. <laughs> well, I think he walked home naked, didn't he, after he, did. he was expelled from or the Olympics. Or borrowed stadium. clothes, you know, from the, from the police lock-up. Dear old Waddy. Uh, is there any more for listener feedback, Chris? Yes, well, we get listener feedback through various channels, Stephen, obviously on Facebook, Fire Up Rugby League, which connects to Instagram as well. You can leave messages there. You yeah. can join our private chat group blowing up deluxe which then has an even more private chat brains trust so that's where we got the feedback from the vip room room. wow and then on twitter uh fire up nrl but uh terry bull has actually put a question to us Mm. Stephen. now he's a beleaguered canterbury bulldogs fan what happened to the brilliant seraldo boy wonder what happened there Who would have thought that Andrew Webster, yeah. who, yeah, yeah. is a more successful rookie coach than Cameron Serraldo? That's the way it's playing out so and far. doesn't that look good for Gus? Oh, it looks fantastic yeah. for Gus. So Max King, who plays for the Bulldogs, the question is, since Max King got engaged last year and took a vow of absence, his form has been superb. 
In recent, hang, hang on, his form was great after the abstinence. He took the vow of absence. Yeah. He's getting married. Yeah. He and his fiance said, okay. no nookie for us. And they were going well. He was playing the house down. Fantastic. In recent weeks, his form has dropped off the cliff. Yes. And I'm wondering if he's broken his vow. Uh, not told anybody. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Mundine espouse to that as well? I think that was, uh, yeah. yeah. Hold your, hold your, you know. Yeah, no sex in the year before the game or something like that. Right. I mean, it's an interesting, look, I think it's an undernourished area of research, Stephen. Yep. And it would be interesting um, to get involved in the research to work out what is the correlation between yeah. those two particular human activities. activities. Now, I, I stand corrected, Chris. I did say that the, the, the Ben Hunt uh, item on the news was the highest mention of rugby league. Not true. There's a chap called Alex Twile yes. who made all the news broadcasts and particularly around the world, I believe. Yes, after 116 games, Alex, who I think from memory debuted with the Parramatta Eels but has been playing for the West Tigers for a number of years now. This is the longest run? This is the longest run uh, without scoring a try. Right. And off a Brandon Wakeham cross kick, uh, the ball was contested. It got knocked in the in-goal area. And, dribbled backwards. And David Clemmer's hand shot out. And yeah. Clemmer, who's got fantastic reaction time, said, no, no, my compatriot is here. Yeah. And Twal just fell on the ball right. and scored his first ever try. Now, do you really believe that, that most of the audience, including some of the opposing fans, knew this? It is, if you... Is it a story? If you have followed rugby league media at all in the last two years... I apparently do. It, it is of the level of yeah. the people who think that they're making a funny joke when they say, do you realise that Damien Cook is a former beach sprinter? Right, uh, because it's right. just it And what is, about a jockey? That's right. The <laughs> old guru himself, yeah, yeah. Billy Slater. As I said, is there any evidence of that? Track work jockey, I don't know. You could just say that. Never saw him race. Yeah, right. Like So people were in life... And I was out at Campbelltown for the Raiders game, the heartbreaking one-point loss... And the crowd is absolutely riding twelve. Eu- euphoric. Right. And so I was unable to attend the game, Stephen, because, of course, it was the return of the iconic dance brand, I Remember House of the Ivy, last weekend. <laughs> yes, your priorities are pretty correct. That's right. And we were catapulting towards the finish at eight. Campbelltown, glorious try, <laughs> longest drought ever broken. I remember house dancing to what do you call a handbag house? Pretty much, yeah. And but it hadn't been there for several years. Ah. And and anyway, so it was an eight o'clock finish. Yep. And at about seven fifty-five, just as they were heading to the you know the the peak of the night and the farewell tune and whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. the DJ deck shut down, and the DJ got oh. on the mic and goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, it's my personal privilege to announce yeah. that Alex Twole has scored his first try in the NRL. You're telling me Dan Murphy's crowd went ballistic? They went absolutely berserk, Stephen. See, there is crossover, Chris. And what got fired up, simply simply the best with Tina Turner. The remix. It was just a fantastic house yeah, remix. Right. What a what a great iconic moment that resonated throughout the world, Stephen, even yeah. though you seem to be the only person. Yeah, that didn't know about it. <laughs> I mean, you knew Blake Laurie was yes, 90 games without yes, a yes. try. But, but, but where, you know, the, the stats, you go to the stats on you know, NRL this and Lee, that and whatever and you look through there's no stat that says most games play without a try well apparently there is Stephen where do you find that and the new front runner is uh, Australian representative and playing in the origin tomorrow night Pat Carrigan sitting oh, on 74 he's, he's carrying a load then isn't he so do everything you can to distract him with the it. hoodoo the that's big hoodoo true. well I think in a bit of context when, when the announcers go that's a glorious thing for him he hasn't scored a try and you should say it's the longest of anybody in the world <laughs> so, of course, this took the Tigers to a temporary lead of six points to four. Yes. But I think despite all the euphoria and the excitement at Campbelltown and in the Ryder world as we know it, I think Coach Tim Sheens put Alex's try into very specific perspective. Special moment at the start with uh, Alex. Yeah. Long yeah. Try. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I wish he'd have scored two more. 
Good point from a coach, a losing coach. Talking about who's back on the winning uh, dais is the Roosters. Yes. I think we're, our, our inspirational talks have been getting to them. Yeah, that's what do right. you think? <laughs> that's, that's right. And things are going their way. I mean, Luke Kiry, it turns out mm. uh, there was belief that Dom Young had scoring the try, clipped Kiry's draw and had broken it. Wow. And overnight, scans have shown that he's just got a couple of screws loose. So a couple of what? He's got a couple of screws loose in a former, right, okay. former plate in the jaw. So it's oh, uh, it's quite literal when you say uh, de- uh, Luke Kerry has a couple of screws loose. But one loose. of the other Roosters wanted to do some damage, didn't they? Uh, Jared. Well, this go- this takes us back to the previous week, Stephen. Yes, yes. And if I can dial up the quote, because yeah. it's definitely worth going. Well, you remember LL Cool J, Mama, can I knock-? Mama says knocked you out, right? Yeah, yeah, you've got Paul Rabdul's knocked out. There's plenty of options right, here. Right, right, right. But if I, can, if I can find it, there was... This brouhaha after Liam Martin had clipped JWH's hip yes. and then allegedly JWH had his arm half-cocked but clocked Moses Leota on the yeah. side of the head. And it all spilled over when young Spencer Lino, who's destined to head to the Roosters... Who's a red miss merchant. Red miss merchant himself, took on the great WH. There was water sprayed, water bottles were thrown. He was watered, was he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, sin bins were issued. Yes. And on the way off, Spencer put a little bit of a cherry on uh, top of the cake and sort of gave the jerk-off sign to the crowd. Yeah. But uh, it's come to light what the discussion was on field. And this was uh, an article showing what a magnificent leader Teddy Tedesco is and why he's the right person to lead the Blues tomorrow night. So uh, after the thing blew up, JWH asked Teddy, Ted, let me knock him out. No, Tedesco said, hold your cool. Right. Just squirt him with water. Let me knock him out, yeah. JWH. Yeah. Again, twice. And, and Tedesco, I said no. You tell him that Teddy's going to say that during State of Origin? That's right. Bloody hell. There'll be no stink. Yeah. There'll be no grubbiness because yeah. Tedesco runs a very tight yeah. ship. And then he copped, uh, what else on the way out? Well, this is the thing that didn't get publicity because, you know, everything in my view, Stephen, should ultimately be about player safety. Yeah. And as Lino was right. uh, dismissed, and I'm still wondering why do you have to go to the dressing rooms for a sim bin because why can't you just sit on the, the sideline? Side yeah. you know, particularly, keep, up, keep your vibe up. Particularly the cricket ground because by the time you get there, you've got to turn around and come back on, right? Yeah. In the 10 minutes. Now, as Lino was going up the tunnel and JWH had been held back very wisely by the referee so they weren't, we didn't get a battle of the Brookvale situation. <laughs> um, as he was walking, a Roosters fan, heinous Roosters fan, <laughs> Through a mm. Sydney Roosters scarf at Spencer. That that could have a couple of meanings, Chris. Double edge, really. Well, cop that because you're coming next year. That's right. This or is, cop that because we got you. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what you're playing for next yeah, year. Yeah, but yeah. those cheaply made scarves, that that, that synthetic wool, it's, uh, it can be yeah. quite abrasive. Yes. yes. And w- why is it? That when Bulldogs fans throw full beer bottles, yes. there are life bans yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when a Roosters fans throws one of those abrasive scarves, nothing happens. Double <laughs> standards. It's like Newcastle. What do the other teams throw, Chris? What do the West Tigers throw? Nothing. Prayers. Prayers. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, I believe um, the women's state of origin, there's only two of them. The, the Blues lost the first one. They need to win by how many points to actually take it away? Nine points in Townsville. It's yeah. aggregate. Everybody agrees. Why don't they get three games? The argument relates to still around the fact that uh, the players have full-time jobs and getting sufficient time off and compensation. So we hope that this is a stepping stone to a three-game series. They're a bit miserly, aren't they? Yeah, but it, ch- it changes the dynamic when you play an aggregate in yep. terms of... Queensland might, you know, be behind by four, but shut down shop and all those sorts. So of men's things. and women's both playing in Queensland against Queensland, and both have lost against Queensland. Mm. How about those stats, though, Chris? Mm. <laughs> Can I say congratulations to Tim Zhu? What's my name? I think the whole world knows his name now after demolishing the Mexican. 
in a minute 50 or so. That was exciting, wasn't it? Very exciting. And, you know, he, Tim Zoo has got his hand up, Stephen, yeah. to be part of the festivities, which Mary Kay came up with last year. That should take origin as the opening of the NRL season to Las Vegas and so that we don't have all these injuries and dramas that are affecting our teams and sort of distorting the competition. But Tim Zoo says, I want in. I want to fight in Allegiant Stadium. And to me, this is an opportunity to in some way replicate a beautiful image that will never leave me, mm-hmm. which was one day on an open flatbed truck driving around Leichhardt Oval. Oh, yes. Was ACDC style. Yes. <laughs> Harry Trigoboff. Yeah. The Meriton. What's he playing guitar? The Meriton Opresario. <laughs> <laughs> Kostya Zoo, Tim's father, and the great Laurie Nichols. Fantastic. So if we can get Tim and a couple of other Cognosceni, and please not Crow and Jackman, but get them on a flatbed truck going around Vegas. I've seen Tim everywhere wearing everybody's jersey, including South Sydney, not the Dragons. He lives down that way, works down that way, won't support the Dragons. He's no good. Well, I was, in fact, intending to purchase some Dragons merch myself for Friday's game, Stephen, but based on what we've discussed today, I think I might politely decline. Oh, God. Now, listen, uh, talking about the the merging of cultures, uh, I'll be DJing down at the Newtown Jets Festival, annual festival that happens um, music, booze, footy, the whole bit. Beer, footy, food festival. This Saturday. Oh, this Saturday? This Saturday. This is the inclusive. Not this Saturday. No, you're, you're thinking the 22nd of July, I 22nd think. 22nd of July, I might. And, Damn. And funny you Got should, my month wrong. Funny you should say that because... I would have turned up there. Go <laughs> <laughs> the Jets, in well, the Jets jersey. I think this weekend's game is inclusive. Right. The Welcome Festival. FBI Radio, of course, are involved. Oh, hang on. So you are doing the Welcome Festival? Yes. Right, that's this weekend. Yes. Oh, it's right. this weekend. Right, there you go. So you're in this one. <laughs> okay. The, whereas Pro, Thanks, guys. <laughs> whereas Pro Wrestling Australia is doing the Beer Footy Food Festival uh, on right. the 22nd of July, Stephen. And we... While we're sort of giving shout-outs, I'd like to give a shout-out to the West Tigers podcast. Gary Watson interviewed me yesterday extensively about my views of the Tigers. It went for about three minutes. Very contentious. Yes, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a delight to be there. And uh, if we're lucky, we might see you in the mainstream media tomorrow, Stephen. Breaking news, Chris. Last item here. Freddie's texted. uh, Not texted. He's uh, um, twittered. He's finally found the right guru. Guru Adrian. (laughs) Guru Adrian supports the Blues. Okay. Uh, go the blues. Beecroft caveman. <laughs> That's it for Fire Up this week. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire Up!